welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And welcome to our second episode. We're talking about Pilot Part 2 today. Before we get started, we got a lot of really great uh, feedback and reviews and notes on our first episode, so I just want to say thank you to mm-hmm. everyone for that. Thanks, everybody. The, the biggest thing that I saw people talking about was that we did spend a lot of the episode talking about loss. We spent almost none of it talking about daddy issues. We're so, getting there, folks. Yeah, we're getting there. Eventually, it'll be impossible to extricate the two. But for now, we are starting a segment, a weekly segment. Has your dad ever left you at the mall? Emma, let's start with you. Has your dad ever left you at the mall and forgot you there? Well, mall, No. But if we're talking county fairs... Oh, really? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, Well, he dropped you off because you were one of the attractions, but it wasn't like he forgot you, Right, yeah, it was normal. Uh, Yeah, and my dad's also never done that. So, cool. That's a great segment. Uh, We'll be sure to check in on that next week and see if there's any updates there. All right, well, should we we get into it then? Pilot part two? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this came out September 29th, 2004, one week later. I believe it aired later on as one part. And it didn't it kind of seem like it it just jumped right back into it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that they could have aired it together, the first episode and the second easily. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The I, this one's only 40 minutes, although it's it it, it feels pretty pretty decently long i mean it's not uh it doesn't seem short it's basically all just one episode it it was all shot together this one was also directed by jj abrams uh i also wanted to bring up the director of photography larry fong he did the pilot both parts and he was the director of photography on i believe like five or six more episodes in in season one I just thought it was interesting. I was looking through his filmography today, and he also was director of photography on uh, 300 and Batman vs. Superman. He's done, like, other other Zack Snyder stuff. He's worked with a bunch. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think uh, I think he kind of adds, like, a, a cinematic feel to this pilot. But, yeah. anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, jumping back in, it cuts... We don't get a... Uh, Previously on Lost, there is one for this episode, I guess, but it isn't, like, part of the episode. The network would just add it separately. Hmm. Um, so we just jump right back into it. Jack, Charlie, and Kate are walking back. Um, Jack can't find a signal in the transceiver, and Kate asks Charlie again why he was in the bathroom, and this time he says he was puking. It's weird that she asked twice, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I personally would have just dropped it after yeah. the first time, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, I guess I'm not going to let my conversation get cut short by whatever T-Rex is lurking in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but we get a flashback uh, back onto the plane again. This time it's Charlie tapping his ring. He's uh, He's very nervous and jumpy and twitchy. Uh, the flight attendant is suspicious of him. Did, so, why is she... Like, what does he think he's going to be in trouble for, I guess? I don't know. I thought that 
she, um, I realize it's just a TV show, but she was so Mm -hmm. uncharacteristically attentive of (laughs) everybody on that plane. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that she was being paid very well. Yeah. 2004, we were treating flight attendants as if they were, uh, uh, the way that people treat, you know, uh, first responders and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is just a little bit after 9-11. So I imagine she's bringing home a handsome salary. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you can't get kicked off a plane. I mean, you certainly can't get kicked off a plane mid-flight. Uh, you can't get in trouble for going through withdrawals on a plane. Um, but either way, so Charlie, the flight attendant asks him if he needs anything. He says no, and then he kind of looks back, sees that she's talking with some other flight attendants, and he gets up and bumps past Jack, which is a little, uh, you know, we're seeing it from the other angle now, mm-hmm. uh, from the first flashback. And he gets into a into the bathroom, he takes off his super cool Vans and brings out a little baggie of what I assume, because nobody says it, is brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Discolored brown sugar. <laughs> yeah. I don't, so I, maybe this is uh, me being a very sheltered kid. I didn't really know what heroin looked like, so I did Google it on incognito mode because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to be safe. But I, that is basically, I guess, what heroin looks like. I always see it as, like, something you inject. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think typically, like, a, a liquid or something like that. I, yeah. yeah, but that's what you, you need the spoon and the lighter for. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to give our listeners a lesson in heroin. Um, don't do it. Seems like it's working out bad for Charlie, at least. Uh, yeah. So he... Uh, he rubs some brown sugar into his gums, and he almost flushes it, but then the turbulence hits. He slams into the ceiling. I love that effect. It looks painful. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and then he uh, he rushes back to his seat, gets his seatbelt on just in time, and then presumably the plane crashes. Uh, we get back to Shannon uh, sunbathing Iconic shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's got legs that go all the way up, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's, I mean, I don't, it seems like they want us to really hate her, right? Like, like the first episode, she's painting her nails, and then now she's just kind of like sunbathing while everyone's doing something, trying to clear out wreckage and all that. At this point, she's comically one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I imagine there's probably people that would just kind of retreat into that sort of uh, attitude in the wake of a crash, but Mm -hmm. I also don't think that they're looking at her that deep. But Boone comes up, uh, asks if she wants to help. She says no, because rescue's coming, so all of it's pointless. Then Claire is just kind of sitting off screen, asks her if Boone is her boyfriend. We find out he's her brother. She says, I used to have a stomach like that, which then presumably gets Shannon to start treating her like a human being instead of ignoring her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she... Uh, Shannon asks if she knows what the baby is. Uh, Claire says uh, she doesn't yet. And then she says she hasn't felt the baby move since the crash. Yeah, that got me. Yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, a, you know, um, yeah, she's uh, she's very pregnant at this point. So uh, that's very scary. We get Michael going to talk to uh, Jin and Son. Uh, last episode, when... We were talking about Sun very briefly because 
her and Jin, they don't really show up too much in this episode, but they didn't really show up very much at all last one. Um, I called Sun very disrespectfully, or I said, the woman who plays Sun, instead of her name, which is Yoonjin Kim. Mm. Uh, she's great. She, I pro- I mean, I haven't seen her in much since Lost ended. Matthew Fox has done the least, I think, out of all the main stars. Mm-hmm. Because he's just done a few movies and then he's like kind of retired. But in terms of the things that I've seen, I've seen Sun and almost nothing. I think she was in the Sense Eight, along oh. with Navina Andrews that the Wachowskis did. Sure. And what was it? There was something else that I saw her in, but I don't, I don't remember. But either way, I should have remembered her name. I will say something that is um, probably makes me sound uh, very naive as a child, but uh, her name is uh, Yunjin Kim. Uh, Jin, who her husband is played by Daniel Day Kim. I did when this show aired think that they were married to each other uh, in real life, in and real I life. thought, oh <laughs> yeah, and I thought, oh that's cool. They got a real married couple to play this uh, married couple, <laughs> but they're not they're not related. But yeah, so Michael comes and tries to ask if they've seen Walt. Uh, there's just a language barrier; they can't answer. Uh, but Jin does make. Sun button up the top button on her shirt. Which is a tropical island. Oh my gosh. And she's wearing a full cardigan. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, she's she's dressed like a librarian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit racy to have, I would say, the top button undone. That's a little risque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think Jin was just kind of looking out for the censorship on the show. Did, nobody wanted to get fined. Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, we get it a little bit later, too. Uh, Jin sucks, right? Oh, like he's... totally toxic relationship is, yeah. is how it's coming across. Yeah. it's not. I think... I mean, this is going to be a running theme on the show. I don't think the misogyny element is supposed to be as bad as it comes across. Um, I think they had a hard time... I think what they wanted to do was not translate any of their dialogue for the pilot, which is, I think, smart. I think that's a cool way to do it because it really shows you how isolated they are. But then that mm-hmm. means that Jin has to be, like, comically mean to show that he's, like, super stern. Right, yeah. Instead of, like, I mean, it's, you know, seems abusive, I guess, is what I'm dancing around. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't age great. And he's catching in that scene, is it sea urchin? Yeah, like little sea urchin. He's like getting it out of the tide pools and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think, was he, he was on the beach in the first episode too? Or am I, I mean, I guess they're all on the beach. I might be misremembering, but I think we've basically just seen him chilling on the beach. Yeah, close to the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Michael comes up, looks for Walt. We cut to Walt, who's uh, running through the jungle looking for Vincent, uh, his dog. Um, he's holding a leash. It's, I, I guess he had the leash with him on the plane, or maybe he found it, but not not Vincent. Um, doesn't find his dog, but he does find a pair of handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Michael comes up and kind of gives him the, you should be staying on the beach talk, but then... Takes a look at the handcuffs. We get a commercial break, which is so great, and it and it cuts straight to Saeed and Sawyer fighting, which felt so out of nowhere. 
Yeah, I, it's, I don't know, it's fun. I like that it's like, they could use a commercial break to like, show the passage of time. Right. Ra- yeah. Rather than, because now, with the streaming these days, you know, it, everything's just all made at once, so there's no need for that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're better for not having to see ads constantly, but it is nice to watch this kind of show and, and see how it's structured like that. So Saeed and Sawyer are fighting. Uh, I thought it was very funny. Sawyer basically does pocket sand. He picks it up, throws it at Saeed. So dirty. Such a dirty fighter. I know. Who do you think would win? It's got to be Sawyer, right? Like, if this fight gets to go to its conclusion? Well, yeah, he's fighting dirty. Yeah, Saeed's too honorable. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't wouldn't be willing to... I think Sawyer would kick kick Saeed in the nuts. Mm -hmm. No problem. Saeed wouldn't do it back. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) Uh, but they're fighting uh, because Michael found the handcuffs and Sawyer's blaming Saeed, saying he crashed the plane. That doesn't make sense, right? Like, so either Sawyer thinks that Saeed is a fugitive or a, a prisoner, and therefore he's being locked up, or he thinks he crashed the plane. I guess he could think that he escaped and then crashed the plane. Seems pretty far-fetched. Yeah, the whole thing is just kind of like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's very racist no matter what. So right. It's not like it's not like I, you need to defend Sawyer at all. Uh, but it's just it. It seems like it's just a reason for him to uh, be mad and be racist towards Saeed. This is a great um, like first introduction, true introduction of Sawyer, and just making him so unlikable. Yeah, just he's horrendous right in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so he also mentions that Saeed was um, pulled out of line when when they were going through security. I That's so funny that it's like Sawyer's accusing Saeed of something. I guess just because now we know how much the airport security is like just an engine for race, racial profiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's basically all it does. So it's, it's kind of funny to hear it like hurled as an accusation. But... Also, how many times have you been pulled aside by airport security? Because I feel like I have, like, maybe once every three times I fly. Like, it doesn't mean... It's not the accusation that Sawyer thinks it is, at least now. Sure. I don't... I can't say that I ever have been. But I don't look suspicious. You kind of have, like, a villainous look about yourself. I do look very (laughs) suspicious. No, I, I haven't flown in probably, like... 10 years at this point. Okay, gotcha. Or, yeah, nine years uh, since I went to Latvia, so. But, I mean, yeah, I'm a white man, so it's pretty easy for uh, me to not be pulled aside. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kate does a big yell (laughs) Mm -hmm. and gets them to stop fighting. Uh, I love Saeed's little, like, uh, all right, I'm backing off, I'm backing off. He's wearing that, like, uh, like, just the white beater tank top. Mm-hmm. I, I, he really needs like a big gold chain and like a pinky ring. Yes. I think wouldn't fit the character, but it, that look would be ooh, mm-hmm. be great. Turns out, Saeed's the <laughs> the person that knows how to fix the transceiver because they can't get it to work, and Sawyer is of course like mad about that. Um, Hurley tries to be diplomatic and and say, "Hey, we're all in this together," and Sawyer calls him Lardo. I think our first Sawyer nickname, there'll be many more. There are 
they're gonna get worse. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. It's gonna, they're gonna get worse before they get better. That's all I can say about that. Now, in this, they just say that when people ask if there's any survivors, they just say that the pilot is was dead. They don't say what happened to him. Later on, Boone asks about, you know, is that what got the pilot? So presumably they've they've said what happened. I don't know. Yeah, I that part confused me a little bit. Yeah. I think that's going to be something that'll be fun as we're doing this, like, kind of deeper dive on the show. Uh, they're kind of inconsistent on who knows what, who who was there for something, who just found out about something. I'd imagine a lot of that has to do with editing, right? And just trying to yeah. put something together for primetime television. Yeah, for sure. When you only have 40 minutes, uh, 42 minutes to tell a show mm-hmm. or to tell a story, you gotta you, you can't spend time explaining stuff to people, I guess. Yeah. So, it, yeah that would make like it a, worse TV. It's not a full-blown continuity error, but yeah. it is a little confusing yes. watching through it. Yeah, because when you're watching it, you kind of think like, ooh, they're going to keep this like a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it. Uh, we get a super... Cute, I think, scene between Said and Hurley meeting. So cute. I love, I love that this scene. scene. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, they bond over, like, hating Sawyer. You get this really cool, I think, in, in my opinion, this is one of the best written things in these, these two pilot episodes um, of Said saying, oh, he was a communications officer in the Gulf War. Hurley says, oh, who'd you fight with? I have buddies who were with the 104th, you know, whatever. And uh, Saeed says, oh, I was with the Republican Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the, the opposite side of the U.S. at the time. And um, that's great. Like, I, I don't, do we want to talk about Saeed a little bit? I think he's such a cool character in addition to the show. Yeah. I can't imagine. In 2004, I think that it was probably a hard sell to have an ex-military Iraqi man. Mm-hmm. With all the plane imagery and everything going on. Uh, and have that be one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. You, you could maybe, I guess, say that they're making it like a twist that he's a good guy and not a terrorist. So maybe that's... Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But I still think it's great. I mean, Naveen Andrews is so good. Said is just a, a... He's a fun character. It's a, it's a great dynamic, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that after 9-11, just being a young child when that happened and thinking about how immensely it was just us versus them and pretty much everybody was on board with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably not until about 2004 when there was a lot more humanity and kind of added to the conversation too. Cause it was, yeah, I, I think that it was a really bold choice. I think it was a really smart choice. And I think that it added not just a lot to the show, but to kind of the zeitgeist as a whole for Americans at the time. I mean, it definitely would not have flown in September, 2002. No. But yeah, I, I I think that it's, you know, I mean, there's so much plain imagery in the show. Obviously, there's the flashbacks that we're seeing, and they're you know surrounded by the wreckage of the plane. I, I don't know if it's really 
it's not really brought up in a social context again, or not not it never again, but just in. It's hard for them to keep using Saeed as that kind of figure, just because they're not a part of society right now. Like it would be crazy to be fully shunning. Or have people who are shunning Saeed just for being a Rocky. Mm-hmm. But it's a great it's a great hook to the character, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think Sawyer too being that kind of asshole about the whole thing and then just kind of seeing everybody else well either kind of stand around and let it happen. I mean mm-hmm. you know, there I think it was just Kate and um Jack that really tried to stop anything. Yeah, Jack started breaking him up. Yeah. Sawyer even gives him the line of like, uh, sure thing, Doc, you're the hero, mm-hmm. which is uh, a little on the nose. Sawyer has a couple lines that are a little on the nose in this, uh, which is great. I think he's, I, I mean, Sawyer's interesting too. Will, there's more stuff that he does throughout this episode that's, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing it as it goes on, but I, yeah, I mean, definitively, Sawyer is racist. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to hard to argue against that. I I love Josh Holloway. I think he's so great. I don't. We didn't talk about it last time because he really wasn't in the first part of the pilot. So Josh Holloway, part of his little uh, audition story is that he came in and he auditioned for Sawyer. But Sawyer at the time was this kind of like like a smooth talking, you know, slick city man, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they liked Josh Holloway so much that they basically rewrote the character for him. Oh. Supposedly he forgot some of his lines in the audition and he kicked a chair. And that's how they ended up making him a little bit more of like a an angry type guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That doesn't... I've always wondered, like, is that really true? Like, you saw a guy, like, have, like, an anger outburst as he's trying to get your favor and you were like, yeah, let's work with him for yeah. potentially years. <laughs> But maybe it is. I don't know. That's Hollywood, baby. Uh, so we get to Kate is um, taking a taking a bath out in the ocean. They have her stripped down to her underwear. She's looking good. I. So this is tough, and I, I, we can talk about it. This will be a while down the road when we get to a specific scene. Evangeline Lilly, I don't know if you've heard this, gave an interview, I think just a year or two ago, Mm -hmm. where she talks about how she didn't want to do nude scenes uh, as Kate on the show, and she basically got pressured into them. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And so she really felt like the, you know, producers and all that were not taking care of her, and that she felt really uncomfortable doing them, and they, I guess, weren't a great environment. And, uh, yeah, not necessarily more details than that, but uh, it's a bummer. It, for me, definitely colors these, like, uh, you know, everyone on the show is incredibly attractive. Uh, she's, you know, they're they're doing the sexy eye candy scene with her. I don't mm-hmm. think there's inherently anything wrong with that. But now, looking back on it, it's... Um, and this may not even be what she's talking about. I think she was explicitly talking about having to do, like, fully nude scenes. So entirely possible that this was completely fine but something to keep in mind i guess Mm -hmm. let me ask you i guess it would i guess you'd have to but like bathing in the ocean that would feel awful right i was thinking the exact same thing during that scene 
like n- now she's probably just stinky and dirtier. <laughs> yeah, she's stinky and salty. Now. Yeah. Yeah, like you don't you have to take a shower when you leave when you get off the beach. Mhm. And I like don't know, spreading I mean, through that too cuz it like the salt will coat you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so Kate is fully brined, mm-hmm. and uh, Sun interrupts her and starts pointing at her to go to uh, go to the beach. We don't really get an indication of why Sun was sent to go do that. Maybe they heard, she heard people asking about Kate and then went to go, and she knew where Kate was. I didn't fully understand that scene either. I think it was mostly just to give this sort of a uh, contrast between Kate and Sun, where Kate's out there in her, you know, skimpy underwear and Sun has to button up the top button. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Kate goes and meets with Saeed when she gets dressed again in a shirt that can be seen from space. Bright orange, uh, toddler-style t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Saeed has fixed the transceiver. Uh, <laughs> I do think this kind of thing is funny. Um, I, I mean, they do spend some time they, they do it a lot better with jack i think but how did saeed fix that like what does he he has no tools maybe they've like been able to fashion some tools out of wreckage um he scrapes stuff together uh that also got edited out yeah that, that yeah. scene got cut yeah they <laughs> of him like slowly whittling down something that could <laughs> be a screwdriver <laughs> you know i like it it kind of is like a to me, it's almost like a video game where it's like Saeed just has like a plus five to electronics. Mm-hmm. So he'll be able to kind of like work on that if you uh, give him an hour. Uh, and Jack is kind of the same thing with medicine, but I think they do a better job with Jack of showing how, you know, he has to go through bags and find, uh, you know, razors and uh, medicine and all that kind of stuff. Right. But again, I mean, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be fun. Uh watching Saeed figure out how to solder something on an island. So, Or maybe it would. I don't know. Actually, now that I say that out loud, I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Saeed says that he can turn the transceiver on for a little bit, but not for that long because the battery could drain. He has no idea how much is left. So they need to get to higher ground so they have a better chance of getting a signal so that they can radio out. Kate goes back to see Jack working on the man with the shrapnel in his stomach. Asks if he's okay. Uh, she tells Jack that she's going back out with the transceiver. Jack has to stay behind because he's working with the shrapnel guy. Jin is dicing up sea urchin. He kind of slaps Sun, Sun's hand away when she tries to help. Again, I guess they just have to really communicate it to with physical actions. But uh, he, he takes off with his little tray of sea urchin and she unbuttons her shirt again. In silent defiance. Mm-hmm. Hurley starts laughing when Jin wants him to eat a piece of it. That bothered me. Because, like, just in a couple scenes ago, he's talking about bullies. And then he's, like, straight up laughing yeah. in this man's <laughs> face. Yeah. Who's like, also, what was the public perception of sushi at that time? Because... I don't know. Like, I would pay money at a restaurant <laughs> yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. Like, ooh, fresh out of the ocean. That's tide pool the table, baby. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, yeah, I would try it for sure. I don't know that I've ever had sea urchin. What what are they eating right now? Are they eating peanut crumbs or whatever yeah. from the from the flight? Like, uh, I guess they're on day two. <laughs> Maybe I start eating things we find on day three. I don't know. Sure, that's understandable. Yeah, but it just bothered me that he couldn't couldn't give away. Yeah, this food to people really. I know. What and it is funny because it's like, you know. Maybe, maybe you don't have to make an enemy out of this guy yet. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they're not really thinking about it as they're lost. Like they don't, they don't know that they gotta, they gotta start making alliances, survivor style. Uh, so Hurley doesn't know if Jin's gonna vote him off the island yet. Mm-hmm. We get a nice little, uh, little mysterious shot of Walt reading a comic with a polar bear in it, and it's it's in Spanish. Uh, Michael comes up, asks him if he knows how it, how to read Spanish, uh, but Walt just found the comic. It's kind of hinting that, uh, which Michael comes out and says it later in the episode, but uh, or Walt does rather that uh, Walt lived with his mother and now he's with Michael. It is interesting to see. I I don't know. That's kind of a cool dynamic too. Of they have to connect with each other on this island. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know anything about his kid, or very little at least. Uh, he certainly doesn't know anything about kids in general because he says that he'll get Walt another dog when they get off the island. Oof. Just come on. What are you doing, dude? I mean, the, literally the worst thing you could say. Yeah. I guess he could, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, Not tactful. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess to Michael, you know, Vincent's like in some dog crate that got crushed by a turbine engine somewhere so sure yeah we get a a little uh cut of i guess they don't want i don't know what the deal was with this it could just be um them trying to be cinematic about it but we get a shot of charlie opening up his bag of brown sugar and then we get a little scene with walt i believe or we get a little cutaway Mm -hmm. and then we get uh, Charlie closing up the bag, so they like they don't show him actually doing the heroin, but we did see it earlier in the episode. Right. So I don't know if it's like a just one or brown sugar, sorry, not heroin, but um, I don't know if it's just a one one per episode. It's like uh, saying fuck in a PG thirteen movie, or maybe they just uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just it did seem weird to me. I think you. I think there's some sort of law or standard I guess I should say where you can't show people doing drugs on like primetime TV but you can show like the aftermath like if somebody smokes weed you can show them like breathing out the smoke but you can't show them actually taking a hit of of weed or something so I I wonder if it's something like that like yeah maybe it's because he snorted it this time instead of rubbing it on his gums right yeah, that maybe that's it then. That makes sense. We cut to uh, Shannon again, who is finally confirming that she's not a uh, Barbie robot. Mm-hmm. She's crying at a corpse, saying that she was mean to him. Boone calls her worthless. I <laughs> their relationship is so weird. I don't yeah. know how you go from your sister's crying and finally having a moment where she is. She understands the gravity of the situation. She understands, you know, the consequences of her actions. And you're worthless. What? 
Yeah, because basically, I, I it makes you think that Boone has been like baiting her into being helpful so that he can immediately shut her down. Like mm-hmm. every time he's like gone up and tried to talk to her. Uh, yeah, they both seem pretty much awful. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't, I've never, I've definitely fought with my siblings. I've never, like, tried to attack them at the core of their being. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, seems like Boone, Boone was willing to whip that out, like, five seconds into that conversation, so. But Shannon, to prove Boone wrong, decides to go on the hike. Um, Boone comes with her, and she gets Charlie to, to join as well, because Charlie, uh, is, uh, interested in Shannon, I guess. Sawyer is sitting on, like, a little metal halfpipe, I guess. I don't know. Uh, reading a letter. Sees them leaving, and he, I guess, decides to join, too. So, they're they're trekking through the jungle. Uh, Sawyer comes up, and Kate says, Oh, you decided to join us. And Sawyer gives one of my two favorite lines in this episode, both delivered by him. Of, I'm a complex guy, sweetheart. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's great. I wrote that one down, too. That's so good. <laughs> you get the, the music uh, kicking in right then, so it gives it, like, this weird, like, sting uh, as well. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's something I always remember. I, I want to say that was in the trailers, but I might just have watched this episode a bunch, too. We get some gorgeous shots of them hiking again. Again, we get some good, like, aerial wide shots, which... They almost never do on the show, because obviously they're filming on Oahu, a populated island. As they are hiking, we cut back to the beach. Jack is looking for a blade. Uh, Asks how Walt is, as he sees Michael sitting uh, while he's digging through luggage. Michael, again, misremembers his age. Says uh, he's nine. Oh, no, ten. And um, talks about how he's missing missing Vincent. Uh, Jack says he saw him. And then, okay, so maybe this is just me, but I, did, did this seem weird to you? He goes, oh, I saw him in the jungle a little bit ago. He looks good. Yeah. Like, did that seem, this seem like when you're, like, telling someone, like... Oh, I ran into so-and-so at the grocery store the other day. Yeah. They look good. Like, oh, I just ran into your ex. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, how how was she? Oh, she looks good, man. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just a weird... Maybe that's how you talk about a dog, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say he looks, uh, he's a big, big chubby yellow lab. That's what I would have said. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get uh, Locke, John Locke, playing backgammon by himself, I guess, on the beach. Uh, so while Walton, or while Michael and uh, Jack are having their conversation, Walt's over here. He joins uh, Locke. So. John Locke is played by Terry O'Quinn. We talked about him a little bit because he has the great orange smile in mm-hmm. the first episode. Um, his little, you know, story about joining the show uh, was that he he actually is the only, like, main cast member that didn't have to audition. Oh. So J.J. Abrams, I think uh, Terry O'Quinn had worked on Alias, which J.J. Abrams did. Uh, I believe created or at least worked on a lot. And so he basically got told like, Hey, look, you're going to be a main cast member. You're not going to have a lot to do in the first few episodes, but just like, trust us. And, uh, he did. And so he, uh, he joined, um, which is great. So he, 
This is like a weird, this is, I don't know, this is kind of like a, just an unsettling scene. I didn't like it. He's got the big, like, scar over his eye. Like the cartoonish scar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like the Nazi general style scar, Or like basically. Scar from the Lion King. Or like Scar from the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, Walt tells him about how his mom had just passed. Um, they lived in Australia. John Locke does give a great, like, oh, you're having a bad month. I really like that line. I think that's funny. But, mm-hmm. And then he asks about backgammon. Um, explains there's two sides, one light, one dark. He also says that it's older than Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which is just such a, I don't know, I not wrong. Like, it, yeah. it, there's a way that you could say that and sound like a history teacher trying to give a fun fact. Um, he makes it seem very weird. <laughs> uh, and then he gives us a, Walt, do you want to know a secret? Um, we don't find out what the secret is, or whether or not Walt wants to know. Mm-hmm. Claire is sitting writing in her diary, and Jin comes up with the urchin. She doesn't want to try it, but then she's um, a sweetheart and also uh, completely immobile, so she can't get away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so she does try it. Um, and uh, wouldn't you know it, her baby starts kicking. Claire's great. At, I, I really love her presence in the pilot. Uh, she doesn't really do much, but she's she's very sweet in all of her scenes. Mm-hmm. Jin, she she like basically forces Jin to feel the baby kicking. Um, it's a very cute scene, even though Jin so far has completely sucked. Yeah, she adds a lot of levity to this episode. Yeah, she's got like a very like matter of fact attitude about her, mm-hmm. where it's like she's kind of she's. Maybe not in the worst position. She doesn't have, like, the big old chunk of shrapnel in her or anything like that. But she's, like, in... Well, like, out of all the people that are walking around right now, she's probably the person you'd want to be the least. Mm-hmm. But, and she's she's just very cheery and airy. We cut back. Uh, Sawyer and Saeed are arguing because Sawyer wants to turn the transceiver on. Saeed doesn't want to waste the battery. They start shouting at each other. And then they are attacked by... A bear. Uh, now, did you, and you can be honest about this, did you think that the beast hurtling towards them was Vincent at first? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that would be a stupid thing to think. Um, so, <laughs> Did you? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not just a bear. It's a, uh, it's a polar bear. Sawyer, everyone starts running, and then Sawyer starts, he just uh, stands his ground. Uh, I actually didn't even mean it like that, but he does, Sawyer would probably be all for stand your ground, so I I guess it's perfectly apropos. Uh, Pulls out a a pistol and shoots the bear dead. Somehow, some way, he shoots the bear dead. Yes. So far, that's the most unrealistic thing about this show. Two episodes yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you gotta maybe hit the same spot on the bear's skull like five times to uh, to kill a bear with a 9mm, but maybe not. The What did you think of the special effect of the bear? I That's why I thought it wasn't Vincent. Yes. Because the special effect looked like a blob. Yeah. Like, 
I, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember this part. Is this part, like just a poor special effect with the monster? Yeah. Um, I just texted you a picture of what they originally had. Um, so I don't know if you can take a look at it, but they before they had it as CGI, they they had the bear as a puppet, and oh it my didn't. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'll try and put it in the uh, the show notes uh, for this episode. So uh, if you're if you're listening, you can take a look. Um, or you like could probably just Google it. A puppet of one of those golden doodles that's just um, been through the ringer. It's it's on its last leg. They're about to throw the puppet out. And then, <laughs> yeah. no, they did throw the puppet out. And then somebody dug it out of the trash and was like, this is it. This is our, this is our monster. This is our bear. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a like muskrat that yeah, they had to like repurpose does. into a polar bear. <laughs> Very funny to me. I, I so, yeah, they had test audiences in my head, and I this could be me being completely apocryphal. In my head, I feel like I remember the the puppet being in the trailer and thinking that looked bad, but mm-hmm. that could just be me remembering. That they had to change it and just inserting that into my own memory. I'm not 100% on that. But yeah, so we get a nice reveal of uh, Solar has, uh, Sawyer has a gun and it also is a polar bear. Um, not a regular bear. We get a scene where Hurley is helping Jack with the guy with the shrapnel. This scene is great. It is good. It's Hurley's, for the most part comic relief i would say on the show he's definitely he adds a lot of comic relief at least yes i think i think jorge garcia is great so when jack laughs at hurley does it it feels genuine right like it really feels like he's laughing at him Mm -hmm. i read an interview where jorge garcia was talking about how they really made each other laugh like really hard all the time him and matthew fox like specifically like, anytime they were in scenes together where it was, you know, this kind of, like, fluffy type scene, even though this is, you know, a surgery, technically, uh, they would always be making each other laugh. It gave me kind of the same vibes as um, Michael Ankeen and Kyle MacLachlan in uh, season one of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that scene where he kind of, like, wiggles his nose or something, and it feels like it's like, oh, that wasn't in the script. They're yeah. just... He's just, uh, they're just having fun with each other. They give me that same kind of vibe. And there will be a couple more parts like that. So that's why I wanted to mention that now, just because I think it's fun to look for. Um, Yeah, Hurley doesn't like seeing blood, so I gotta say, there's like 50 other people on this island. I was just going to say that, like, find (laughs) someone else. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to do this this second. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If this guy doesn't do great with blood, find, uh, find someone who does. So we cut back to the jungle. Shannon gives us the uh, polar bears don't usually live in the jungle. At the time, this was presumably a funny line. We're recording this in 2022. So polar bears probably at this point do live in the jungle, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, yeah. just, it's now just a fact of life. So, But for everyone listening, when this came out, a polar bear being in the jungle was an incredible, was mysterious strange. thing. Yeah, it wasn't a byproduct of us 
using up our planet and uh, letting it run dry. <laughs> and then so we get my second favorite line in this episode. Kate asks, where did that come from? And Sawyer gives us, well, probably Bear Village. How the hell do I know? <laughs> um, it's so corny that, I, like, I just love it. Josh Holloway does such a good job of selling it as a guy who's, like, a little bit being ironic about it. But, of course, she means the gun. Uh, Sawyer got it off the body of a U.S. Marshal that was on the flight. And he took um, the badge, too. Yeah, he took the badge. Said now accuses Sawyer of being the prisoner. And that's how Sawyer knew who the Marshal was. Kate manages to grab the gun from Sawyer while he's distracted. I gotta say... You see this in movies a lot. I would be very nervous to ever grab a gun from somebody like mm-hmm. that. I'm always like, you just shoot it. the person would accidentally shoot it, right? Like that's how we get that's how we lose Shannon uh, <laughs> in episode yeah. two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, she takes the gun, asks how to use it, and Saeed shows her how to dismantle it, uh, and she gives Sawyer and Saeed each one half. Um, truly, the King Solomon of the television program Lost is Kate. Sawyer is a huge creep here. Uh, when when Kate's giving her, or giving him uh, his piece, yeah. he like grabs her. Uh, he says he knows her type, and she gives us a little, oh, no, you don't know exactly my type. Uh, we flash back to Kate on the plane. She's the prisoner. Well, did you did you remember this? I did remember this part. Okay. Yeah, because right. I remember, like, when I first watched it, I was like, what? Yeah. That's great. That's a good reveal. It's you don't expect twist. it up till this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been, like, helpful and heroic, and she just two seconds ago didn't know how to use a gun. But, yeah, she's the prisoner. You get that great scene of her trying to drink the juice. Yeah. Looks, with her. It's a bad way to drink. That juice looked bad, right? It didn't look good. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's about to ask a favor of the marshal, which we now realize is the guy with the shrapnel. And that's why Kate's been asking about him and making sure he's okay and hasn't said anything. She, he's, she's about to ask a favor of him. He gets knocked out by some luggage. Uh, she unlocks herself, uh, takes a breath out of the mask, and then does help him get his mask on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which gives you a little bit of, oh, maybe there's more to her than meets the eye. Um, we cut back to the beach. And then the marshal wakes up, giving us a where is she. The They try the transceiver. Uh, now, Saeed says it's time. And they do get a signal, but it's being blocked by another transmission. It's a, a, a woman speaking in French. So, well, yeah, we can talk about it. They, they translate it through Shannon in this. But obviously, people speak French, so they were able to translate it perfectly. She, she doesn't translate it verbatim. Mm-hmm. There is also something that... The woman mentions about, I'll meet you at the Black Rock, or let's go to the Black Rock. Oh. Um, that'll just be something to keep in mind for later. It was like a, a nice little bit of foreshadowing. So Shannon, she takes like way too long to like translate, right? Like, she clearly has the ability. I don't know if they're just like setting up that she's super insecure about herself. Mm-hmm. But like, they have to like ask her like six times like <laughs> to, to translate it. Well, everybody's yelling at her too, and Boone's well, making true. fun of her, and yeah, yeah. So the transmission is on a loop. Saeed does some like absurdly impressive math quickly, 
to realize that it's been 16 years. Um, it translates to something along the lines of, I'm alone now, it killed them all, I'm all alone, etc. Sawyer is, like, super hostile during this. I guess because his part with the gun is done, so he doesn't really have anything to contribute anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, he's super mean and keeps telling her that she can't do it. And then, yeah, we get some nice close-ups with mysterious music going. And then um, Charlie asks, guys, where are we? And then, boom, end of episode. Which, during that whole interaction, mm-hmm. also, just to back up for a second, Shannon yes. had... She climbed up a mountain. She mm-hmm. ran from a bear. Mm-hmm. And she still had just, like, the perfect mid-2000s zigzag part <laughs> t- <laughs> yeah. towards the end. Yeah. I kind of love that. Yeah. I mean, they probably they probably did cut a scene where she was, like, she made them all stop so that she could fix her hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they just were like, oh, maybe this is the one that we think is too on the nose. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, this show obviously takes place in 2004. There's a lot of things that date it to that. For the most part, the fashion isn't one of them. Mm -mm. Just because they all are kind of like wearing like a mishmash of stuff they get out of the the luggage. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Shannon is super dated. (laughs) She, she She looks like she came out of 2004, for sure. She, yes, she does. So I wanted to ask, so he, Charlie asked, where are we? That's like a weird question to ask, right? Like, it doesn't really matter where they are. Yeah, I didn't fully get... That's not where my mind would go. Yeah, mine would be like, what is this place? Yeah. Not like... I mean, I, I guess that's maybe just what he means. But it is. it does make it think like, oh, you're like a, like 500 miles from Fiji. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. That doesn't really help. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's pilot part two. What do you think? Overall thoughts on the episode? Is it uh, Does it conclude it well for the first pilot part? I thought that it was really good. I mean, I think that it makes sense that they had an action director of photography, mm-hmm. um, you know, for those first two episodes. Um, yes. Just because it is so fast-paced. Um, you know, not as much, I guess, on the second episode, but you still do get some action and... A lot of movement. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. And again, it, I had to stop myself from watching the next episode. And I'm sure that that'll just be a theme for each one. But they really do just an amazing job of making you want to see what's next. Yeah, they basically always end on like a cliffhanger or or something, I feel mm-hmm. like. It, it, I mean, that's the... That's the beautiful thing. I mean, TV shows don't have to do this anymore. And I'm going to really try not to make this podcast me complaining about streaming. But yeah. <laughs> with streaming, they already know that you're going to just watch the next episode. So right. there's not, like, a lot of times there's not a hook. It almost has, like, a soap opera element to it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, especially, I mean, it's a, with the big ensemble cast, it's just, it just has really high production values. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, speaking of which, so this pilot was, uh, at the time, the most expensive pilot that had ever been made. Oh, wow. I'm sure, sure it's been outdone by now. Um, but it cost between, between uh, 10 and $14 million to make uh, both parts. 
obviously, we talked about it last week where they they really bought a plane and chopped it up and shipped it to Hawaii and, and strewn it about the beach. So <laughs> something kind of funny is, or not funny, but the guy that greenlit this pilot um, got fired. Because uh, from too ABC. Expensive? Yeah, because it was too expensive. Because oh they, they said, why would you spend, <laughs> you know, $10 million on a pilot that. Uh, Did they give him his job back? No, no, not at all. Wow. Sure, whatever the next guy that came along was, I'm sure, took all the credit. Mm-hmm. But uh, just kind of like one of those things where you're like, dang, <laughs> I guess it's good that he approved it. Uh, sorry, buddy. It's got to suck, like, like watching, because Lost ran for six seasons, so it's got to suck every time you see a commercial mm-hmm. <laughs> for, like, season four of the TV show that you got fired for allowing mm-hmm. to happen. And, and, I mean, it, it was an absolute hit. Like, this was... This was such an event. They, I mean, that really isn't a thing anymore. Game of Thrones was kind of the last, like, event show, right? I would... Euphoria. Oh, sure. But yeah, that's... I did see a lot of people talking about it. But even that, yeah. I don't think that that reached everybody. No. Like, I don't, I don't think that reached the same heights. I mean, everybody was talking about Lost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's you, you can't talk about Euphoria at work. <laughs> so, there's, there's that aspect. Um, and even Game of Thrones, too. Like, there's, like, this is a good PG-13 yes. water cooler show that you, you mentioned it uh, the last episode. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is the one that you can talk about at work and everybody is watching it. And... Yeah, there was no incest in the first episode. Right. Yep. <laughs> and we'll see. As the series goes mm-hmm. on, that may change. Um yeah, I mean they don't they really don't have it anymore and I <clears throat> I wonder what it would take to really get that to happen again. I mean it's entirely possible it could. I think it would have to be one of the premium networks like Showtime or HBO or something like that, but everything that they do and I'm not complaining about it, but is just a little more edgy than yes, what this show is like not a big deal if your teenager watches it with you or, like, your preteen watches yeah. Lost with you. Like, I'm sure for a lot of people it was a family event. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think I outlasted my parents on it, but they were definitely all in for the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, and, and I guess everything's a little bit more niche now, too, or niche, or however you pronounce that. But they, like, this has action comedy drama mystery like it really has everything in it Mm -hmm. a lot of shows are just kind of like the one thing now but yeah i don't know like i mean i lost is just so great to to look at because just everybody was talking about it and that doesn't happen anymore so i think it's fun to to pick apart what the reasons were i mean it also like this really segues nicely into my favorite character of the episode okay just the scenery. Sure. The island is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to just get really enthralled with where people are moving through. Because you do have those sweeping shots in this episode. Yeah. Oh, those big wide shots are great. Yeah, I mean, this episode kind of is like a love letter to the island. It is. And I, I sure. love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I think that's uh that's basically it for pilot part two. We're gonna we're gonna meet you guys next week for Tabula Rasa. 
uh, episode mm-hmm. three. Uh, we'll get more into. I kind of think of this as its own mini season, to be honest, because this is this is a little bit like them reckoning with what happened with the plane crash, mm-hmm. and then now we're really going to start to see them have to like survive on the island, and I, the tone shifts a little bit. And also, each episode didn't cost, you know, $10 million. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll be fun. We'll watch Tabula Rasa next week. Um, Anything else? Anything that we missed? Yeah, I guess I would just add, again, if you um, have been affiliated with Lost in any way, um, we'd love to talk with you. It'd be so great to talk with somebody who's been on the show, even if it was in an extra capacity um, would just be so much fun to hear what it was like to work on the show. So just going to throw that out there into the universe. Um, and as always, like, subscribe, comment, um, you know, share with your, share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, share with watch, your family. Share with your family. What we really want you guys to do is to send a chain email. So alternating caps in the subjects line you will die in x amount of days Mm -hmm. if you don't listen to this episode of this podcast yes that's the Uh, goal yeah you don't have to put in the subjects line that the title of the podcast is all the best podcasts have daddy issues that is understandably a turnoff (laughs) uh they'll figure it out at some point obviously um (laughs) but yeah all right well Last week, we had some trouble ending the show, uh, but I think I've cracked it for this week. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. So, this has been an episode of All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. Thank you for listening, and until next week, get lost! How's that? Was that perfect? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think you're onto something with this one. I... (laughs) It's pretty good. Okay. Bye. Bye.